This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. On the show, you'll hear from everyday people changing their lives doing property development. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques that you can use to accelerate your property journey. I'm your host, Amanda McEwen, and I'm the founder of The Rising Star Developer, and I'm really passionate about helping everyday Australians build lifestyle using property development. Today is going to be a goodie. I'm about to introduce you to Jackson Millen, also known as the Wealth Mentor. Jackson helps business owners to scale their profitable lifestyle businesses to create more profit, more free time and more personal wealth. He has helped thousands create financial freedom by teaching simple strategies to remove cash flow bottlenecks, maximize profits and build more personal wealth in less than 90 minutes a week. Jackson's journey is not just inspiring, it's a roadmap for anyone feeling trapped in the relentless cycle of their business. Once burdened by debts and personal challenges, Jackson transformed his hardships into a powerful lesson in resilience and strategic thinking. His story is a testament to turning pressure into opportunity, evolving from financial struggle to establishing a multi-seven-figure advisory firm and accomplishing all this while maintaining a balanced lifestyle working just four days a week and 44 weeks a year. His philosophy is a wake-up call for business owners stuck in the rat race of hard work with little reward. With Jackson's Gardens, businesses have transcended the usual pitfalls, transforming from cash-eating monsters into profitable lifestyle-enhancing ventures. Today, Jackson's here not just to share his journey, but to offer you a glimpse into how you can break free from what he calls the three deadly problems, draining the lifeblood of businesses. He's ready to guide you through the mindset shifts, all with the goal of turning business success into personal wealth. So if you're ready to challenge the status quo and step into the world where your business serves your life rather than the other way around, then this episode is for you. So let's dive in, discover how to unlock the true potential of your business with Jackson Millen, the wealth mentor. Hello there, Jackson. G'day, g'day. What a phenomenal intro. It makes me sound fantastic. And here I am wearing my best heavy metal t-shirt. Who would have thought? <laughs> and that's what I love about it, right? You know, you don't have to be a certain image or perception to be great at what you do. So fortunately, with our businesses, we get to choose what we want to wear, whether we're in a jacket, shirt, t-shirt, we get to tread our own path. Exactly right, mate. And hopefully we can challenge the status quo and deliver some value to your audience. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. So let's start with learning a bit more about you. So can you share with the listeners your story and how you got to where you are today? Yes. So I started in the advice industry over 16 years ago now. My parents were business owners and we never had much money growing up. My mum was a hairdresser. My dad was a tradie. And that's probably where I got my passion for property. I love property. And I remember as a kid, some of my fondest memories were going to some of my dad's renovation sites for the clients that he was working with and seeing the amazing trade that he was doing, the, the quality of the work that he did. He was just so passionate about everything, particularly bathroom renovations. But it took him years in order to become a property owner. And, and my parents were always battlers with money, working incredibly hard, just creating enough to survive. And I remember as a kid, they always said to me, Jackson, if you want to be successful in this world, you need to work hard for it and work bloody hard they did. And uh, I remember having this fleeting thought that like there must be a better way because what they're saying and the reality that we have is a stark contrast to what I observed from even my friends and people growing up. So I wanted to set out to create a catalyst for change. So I went into the financial advice industry. 
But I very quickly became disheartened because I found that in the advice industry, particularly in the environment that I was in, financial advisors only wanted to make wealthy people well, sell commission-based products to people like my parents who quite frankly didn't need them. And it definitely wasn't going to get them any closer to financial freedom. And I actually nearly quit. But as I was kind of considering my options, I said, Jackson, if if this isn't the industry that you thought you were getting into, who's going to fix it if not you? And I decided to start calling myself a wealth coach. I created a financial syllabus around teaching people like my parents the fundamentals. And I've been doing that for over, over a decade. And we've been able to help our clients amass over $2 billion in combined wealth. And so it's been quite a journey and I've, I've loved every minute. Wow, that's amazing. I love that you have taken, you know, you're just challenging the status quo and not just going along with what has been expected from mainstream financial advisors, because you're right, there are some out there that are amazing and there's some out there that perhaps have a different vested interest and it's not necessarily the client. So it's great that you've gone your own path to be able to really focus on the end customer rather than necessarily, you know, just your own business, which is great. Exactly right. So tell us a bit more about your business. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Aureus? Aureus, you nailed it. Aureus Financial. Okay, great. Yes. So can you just share with us what you do, who you help and how you help them? Yes. So we started Aureus about six years ago and we wanted to create a, a brand that was specifically created to help small to medium business owners maximize their profit and systematically turn their business profit into personal wealth. Because obviously my, where I've come from observing my parents being business owners and having the the ability to work with countless business owners over the years, I often see business owners in this, this trap that they'd learn how to make the money, but they struggle how to keep it. And they often use this kind of poor excuse of I'm just reinvesting back into my business as an excuse for quite frankly, their money mismanagement. And a business is a wealth creation vehicle. In my opinion, the best wealth creation vehicle, second only to property. The the aim of the game is that your business should be a cash flow machine that allows you to then go and buy as much property or develop as much property as you possibly can. Because if you look at every rich list in the world, those people are there for two reasons. One, their business, whether it's built or inherited, and property. Because there is no other asset class that you can get as much money into than you can with property, particularly when you're using manufacturing strategies like we've discussed, Amanda, around doing the, these developments and the amazing work that you do. So business is the, the cash flow machine that allows you to go on and acquire those assets. But most business owners have it the wrong way around, and they're always tipping money back in. So a business fundamentally does four things. We help people understand their numbers, because from my perspective, no one's going to love your money like you do. You should not abdicate financial responsibility. You must take ownership. And only once you've taken ownership and you understand the fundamentals, can you outsource functions because you can then hold people to a higher standard. So we help people maximize their profit and understand the fundamentals of money. Two, we help them with tax structuring and, and tax advice because as we know, when we're making money, tax is a consequence of making money. So we want to make sure there's no surprises and we're also never paying any bonuses to the tax man. Three, we provide strategic financial advice that's all based on reverse engineering your financial roadmap. What is it that you want? Why do you want it? And how do we reverse engineer that so you can find the simplest path to get you from A to Z? And the last part is lending because we know that business and property is all a game of finance and therefore we need to be able to get access to funding. But for so many business owners, they go and speak to their, their lender or their bank and they said, oh, sorry, computer says no. And for that reason, they never get the funding they need to be able to grow their property empire. So we help them sort that out. And that's amazing because that doesn't just apply to business owners. It also actually applies to property developers as well, because when you're doing 
a property development, right? It's effectively a micro business in its own right. So yes, you are managing the inputs and outputs of a project and you're banking a lump sum at the end, but it's important you're still running that as a business. And so all the things you just spoke about just then apply to a property development business, whether you're using that as a wealth creation vehicle on the side of what you're currently doing or whether that is your business, you still need to make sure that you're managing that cash and managing your tax and managing your structures and all the things that you advise business owners who may have a, a straight business and then are doing property on the side, same applies to businesses, as property developers. I agree completely, right? Because I distinguish the difference between active assets and passive assets. And passive means that we can buy property that's set and forget, that's already developed, it's already there, ready to go, it's existing stock. Or we can buy shares and those should be passive investments. And I also see people treating them active and when they really shouldn't. But on the flip side, if we're manufacturing wealth, which we're doing through business and through property development, then we need to have the level of financial acumen in order to use that that sweat and those those resources, that capital, whether it be yours or through partners or through banks, in order to ensure that you can have a sustainable return on your investment. Once you consider the capital investment and also the time and sweat invested. So I believe the same fundamentals apply. And if anything, in property development, you need to be better at these things because of the lumpy cash flow, right? We don't get paid until the end. So you need to be better than somebody who has a business that they're getting paid every day, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think also with property development, right, typically most people tend to venture into property development to deal with a short-term issue. And not short-term, I mean by either getting rid of their mortgage, being able to have a bit more funds to be able to fund lifestyle, be able to choose to live their job. But as you start doing more and more projects, you start actually creating quite a significant amount of wealth. And then you move from, I guess, the acquisition phase to then Another phase where you really do need to be conscious of how to keep that wealth and having strategies and advisors around you to help you manage and and navigate through that different cycle of wealth, I think is really, really important as well. It's a really good point, Amanda, because I've seen through working with thousands of clients that there are two fundamentally distinct skill sets, the skill set of making money and the skill set of keeping money. And they are mutually exclusive. They do not come together. They need to be developed separately. And once you crack that code that maybe you've built an amazing career, you've become an expert, maybe you've got your own business that you're very, very good at. The common misconception is that that, that skill set is transferable. And I often see many people, particularly those who haven't had guidance from yourself, who have been really successful in business or their career. Like, I'm just going to do this property development thing and it's going to be a walk in the park. And it's not, unless you've got a proven system like yours, it's not a walk in the park. And I think also once you've made that money, it can often come easy, come easy, go. Some of my most spendthrift clients are the ones that have the biggest active incomes. And some of my wealthiest clients have the most modest incomes because the difference is that they have developed a mechanism and a skill set to control that money. Because it's not the money you earn that matters, it's what you keep that counts. And I think that's particularly important when you've got lumpy cash flow, like you do when you're doing development projects, because that's a whole heap of money. And that often becomes a magnifier for your emotions and your behaviors around money. And I've seen many people go out and buy Ferraris and do silly things when they get those net proceeds. And that's not the way to build a property empire, is it? No, absolutely not. And I think that's, yeah, it's also very important to have a plan around what is your, what is your 12 month, three year, five year, 10 year, 15 year strategy? Because when you're in amongst the, the, the transaction of a deal and you're, you're knee deep into the construction side of it or getting your funding, 
you do really need to have an overarching strategy that you're working towards. Otherwise, you're right, money comes in. It's like, okay, what am I going to do this year with it? As opposed to having a vision of how is this money going to enable you to build your lifestyle, which is a key philosophy behind Rising Star. We're here to make money, um, but we're also here to build lifestyle. And that involves managing the short-term goals that you're trying to aim for, but also having a clear guide, like a clear roadmap as to where you're going to get to in the long term. And it's so important, mate. Like one of the fundamental things we do with our clients when they first start working with us is we take them through an exercise that I developed called the 20-year roadmap. And the reason why I developed this is that I've got ADHD. And for anybody who's familiar with people with neurodivergency, deferring gratification is very, very difficult because we lack executive function. We chase the dopamine. We want everything now, right? And it was something that I was frustrated with for so long. And that's where I got myself into a lot of trouble, not only because of the the behaviors that I inherited from my parents, because that's what I'd observed. And through kind of osmosis, I took them on, but also with the the coupling of, of being neurodivergent. It was an absolute mess for the, the early part of my adult life. But I was fortunate enough to then be curious, to understand, well, why am I like this? And how can I change it? And what I come to realize is that for the vast majority of people, they mistake the vehicle for the destination. We do not want money. We do not want 10 properties. We don't want 200 grand in passive income. No, these are all enablers. These are vehicles to get us to a destination. And very few people are crystal clear on the destination that they really want. So I developed this 20-year roadmap, which basically is about documenting both your lifestyle and financial goals over one 20 years. And this is incredibly difficult, particularly for someone like me the first time you do it. But I revisit this exercise every 90 days and we get our clients to do the same thing. And what this allows us to do is to then reverse engineer all of these goals, dreams, and aspirations. The holidays, the cars you want to drive, the hobbies, the experiences, the school you want to send the kids to, the the house you want to live in, when you want it paid off, the passive income you need, the legacy and the impact you want to have. And we can reverse engineer all of these things into an income and a wealth target. And what that now allows us to do is to connect the activity that you do to the outcomes that intrinsically motivate you. And it changes the way that people go about their goals and their actions because it becomes a filter, an objective filter. And we're subjective creatures. And without this filter, we chase shiny objects. Yeah, we sure do. And what a powerful roadmap to be able to follow because I'm sure you see this time and time again, Jackson, that we always seem to overestimate our short-term goals but why underestimate our long-term goals and I even look back to when I started this whole property journey right I did my three five ten fifteen I didn't go up to twenty but I remember at the time writing these goals down right and thinking oh my god they are so crazy as if I'm ever going to achieve these numbers and I thought okay no I'm going to put them out there just because we never know and then I, I reflected upon those recently, a number of years ago, and I remember thinking, okay, yeah, I didn't hit my short-term goals, but wow, I absolutely smashed my long-term goals. And it blows my mind because they were really lofty goals at the time. And when I look back now, I mean, it still blows my mind that I've built over 70 properties and just created all this wealth and um, you know, seven-figure wealth and every project banking six figures. And all I wanted to do at the time when I started this journey was to pay off our mortgage and be able to have enough money to be able to send our kids to private schools. That was it. And then to look back now and, and see what I've created in the homes that I've created for people, it's just insane. So I think that's important for people to realize that it does take time to build these roadmaps. But they are so valuable because what actually happens, and you're right, it does, you still you still get blinded a bit by the shiny objects. But by having that clarity of vision, right, to be able to wake up every day and every month and go, you know what, I've got a plan. And then 
by being focused and and I'm sure you're all aware of the whole reticular activating system in your brain. When you focus on something, it blocks out of the noise and you head towards that destination so much easier. So, yeah, I think what you do is absolutely amazing. And it's so powerful, right? The interesting thing is I've just listening to what you were saying is that for me, I always struggled with chasing financial goals because I think there's this societal pressure these days, particularly, that you need to be wealthy and you need to do all of these things because it's just the responsible adult thing to do. And I was never motivated by that. I've never been motivated by money. It's never been a driving force for me, which might sound funny because of what I do, right? But it wasn't until I realized that lifestyle was the big driver for me. It was about the quality of my experience. It was about not having to choose between the quality of my life today and squirrel away every last red cent for a future that quite frankly isn't promised. Like I observed my father die at age 66 from late stage pancreatic cancer that come very, very suddenly. After working 40 years, 16 hour days, seven days a week for his financial freedom in retirement, only to have it taken away from him. And that was a big lesson for me that I want to live for today and plan for tomorrow. So when I did this exercise and I've realized that people are powerful manifestors and you hit the nail on the head, that that particular activating system, when you set your mind to something, it's, it's amazing what you can achieve. And my vision of financial freedom was being able to live in my dream home and create an animal sanctuary where I could create a haven a forever home for animals. So I'm very passionate about animals. And we spent a year traveling in Australia in a four-wheel drive whilst my business was growing and scaling in my absence. We bought our dream home three years ago. We've now rescued over 100 animals. And I've been able to build an eight-figure business in that process, which has enabled me to do all of these things. And it was all about this framework of being able to get clear on what my motivators and my drivers were, setting out in pursuit of it, and enjoying the journey along the way. So it's pretty powerful stuff. And what a beautiful message. And you are right. We don't have a crystal ball as to what challenges are going to be around the corner. And that's why that's why with my business as well, uh, we're very similar in the way that I focus on the building of the lifestyle and, and property development is just the vehicle to create that. And I loved how you mentioned about your definition of financial freedom because everybody has their own definition of financial freedom. But I think it's really important to actually take the time to Really understand what your version of financial freedom is. So you've explained yours for me. It's be able to support my children in things that they're passionate about. So I've got two girls that are huge horse riders. So they've been able to get, we've got horses now, which I know nothing about horses. So it's a whole new game for me, but I can support their passion with eventing and, and doing things and traveling for us is really important. But creating memories and living life to the fullest is something that's so, so important to me. So my, my version of financial freedom is to have the means to be able to live a life that inspires me by traveling, by supporting the passions of my family and myself and not have to have the weight of money, be able to hold us back from living a lifestyle that that we want. So one thing that I do with my students is I certainly spend some time early on. One of the first things we do is actually understand what our why is, you know, what's driving us, what's our sense of purpose, what does financial freedom mean to them? And then we plan our goals around using the concept of the wheel of life. Because the financial element is just one small piece of the pie. And because money is the enabler, we spend so much time focusing on that piece of the pie, quite often to the detriment of other components of our life. And you may nail your income right and have all this money, but if your health's crap and your relationships are crap, then it doesn't matter how much money you've got because you're not going to feel fulfilled. And, and the other spin that I encourage 
when we're doing our planning is factor in the wheel of life, right? But also attach it to a feeling. You know, what? how is that money going to help you feel? How is that relationship going to give you feel, that feeling you want within that relationship and your health? Do you want the energy? And when you attach a feeling to whatever goal it is, I think it has, it creates a whole different element and meaning to our plan, but also the achievement of those goals too. It's so powerful, right? Because we're emotional creatures. And I think we're so guilty of saying at that superficial level of never dropping down into that feeling. And sometimes we just don't want to marinate in our own pain, right? But it's necessary. And as you mentioned that, like one of the most powerful tools I have in my repertoire is the power of reflection. I, I take so much time to reflect and okay, what was my philosophy on what I was trying to create? What actually happened in that, that process? What's the overlap between my perspective and the reality? And how do I get more overlap in the future? What could I have done better? What did I do really well? And then it's this constant improvement and optimization, right? And I think it's a, a great philosophy for everything, for business, for life, for, for developments. We're constantly learning. And I think the, the, the challenge that we all have is that we are all trying to pursue this unrealistic idea of perfection. There is no such thing in perfection in anything, is there, right? Um, no. And if we're chasing it, we're likely not taking the necessary risks to get out of our comfort zone to then get to that next level. That's not where growth happens. No, absolutely not. And and I always say to my students, students regularly, there is no perfect deal. There is no perfect market. There is no perfect life. It's whatever the right deal is for you. It's whatever the right market is based on the numbers that you derive from your projects. And if it is that deal going to achieve, help you achieve what you want to achieve in life. So, yeah, I think we can, many people can be caught up. And, and I'm very guilty of this as well, feeling that I had to be perfect or I had to have perfect surroundings and perfect timing and and I know I just get rid of the word perfect I can't stand the word perfect it's just the right the right time and the right market for you personally not anybody else but for you and your circumstances so what I'd love to know is you get exposed to so many business owners what do you see as the main mistakes that are often come up with the business owners that you're working with yeah the common thread between all of them and most of our clients are, are service businesses they're trade businesses, they're allied health businesses, they're specialists, they're, they're, they're professionals, they're typically knowledge experts, right? And they fall into the trap of building a business around ego as opposed to outcome. And ultimately, they've built a business to try and fix a gap that they might have in their life, right? They want to have a sense of connection and fulfillment of belonging, because we're deeply passionate about our business, right? Like for most great people in anything, they must have a deep passion for what they do because it's too bloody hard to do it if <laughs> that passion isn't there, right? But that's a double-edged sword. But they end up building a business that scratches that itch where it shouldn't. Mm. And the most successful business owners that achieve the highest level of scale are able to detach their emotion and their esteem as an individual from that business entity. It can still provide them with fulfillment, but it should not be for the primary objective of, of, of padding their ego. And in fact, business scale requires thousands of ego deaths. It's yeah. about recognizing it for the business for what it is, for the vehicle that it should represent. And it's about building that business as an asset that can be sold at some point in the future. So even for myself, I have no plans to sell the business. However, I've always built the business with the intention for it always to be ready for sale. Because most people don't want to sell their business until one day they do, whether that's within or outside their control, right? It could be you get out of bed one day and you go, stuff it, I'm done. Or it could be, unfortunately, you get sick or a family member gets sick or something outside of your control happens. It's about having that flexibility and freedom to then be rewarded for what you've created. 
And that's a lot of the work that we do. How do we build a saleable asset? And if it isn't a saleable asset, how do we get the cash flow out of it to buy assets that can work for you 24 7, 365 without sick leave and annual leave? That it should become your number one employee. And it shifts the mindset. Wow, what a powerful message. And you are so right when it comes down to ego. And, and particularly in property development, right? A lot of, there's a lot of chest beating in, in property development. You do get proud of the product that you're creating and it's, and the perception around being a property developer and, and what you're doing. And yes, you certainly have that ego pulled back many times throughout a project. And yeah, there's always, always constant, constant learning. Uh, but it's interesting. I, I went to an event recently, a conference where I met you as well. And I went to a speaker and one of her comments, it was a lovely lady, a very incredible woman as an educator in the core space, Tina Towers. One thing that she said, right? And it has really, really resonated with me is a boring business is a great business. And it really just connected because it's so right. You want to be able to have a business where you just know it just flows. It flows. It doesn't require the ego and, and, and you make smart decisions based on the business by itself, not actually attaching the, your own personal value and your own personal worth to that business. And by just flipping that mindset, it's really made me think about, okay, what do I need to do with my own businesses to make them as boring as possible? Because then that does really give you a whole different perspective about the decisions you make within your business. And it's really important as well for life beyond the business. The amount of times, Amanda, that I've seen a business owner build a business towards a very successful exit, they sell that business and they lose all sense of purpose and identity and then self-sabotage. I've had clients that have exited for $100 million and they say that uh, board mind is the devil's playground, right? That they haven't had life or pursuits or passions beyond their business and they almost lose a sense of themselves. And it's something that I've always been very conscious of. So as I've continued to build my business and work towards that kind of four days a week, 44 weeks a year, I've taken up other passions. We practice permaculture on our property, that I'm always in the garden and we're growing our own fruit and veg. And the interesting thing about growing anything, particularly for food, is you can't rush it, right? So my ADHD mind, I can't just stand there and shake the tree and say, come on, give me some vegetables. It doesn't work that way. I'm learning bicycle guitar. So I've, I've, I've got, I have tutoring every single week. I write books and I pursue thought leadership outside of my business. I was an avid martial artist before I had too many injuries, so I had to give that up. But I've tried to create passions and pursuits outside of my business that are measured by the qualitative outcome that aren't quantitative because we're competitive by nature, aren't we, right? Yeah. And it can be very easy to find yourself in that same competitive realm and that's not what it should be there for. So it's about having that balanced life. And I think that wheel of life exercise that you go through is so critically important for us entrepreneurs. Yeah, no, so, so true. So what do you say to people who think it's too late to get into property and creating wealth? They think they've missed the boat, whether they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s or 60s, regardless of their age, just the concept. A lot of people think that, oh, it's too late, too late for me. It's never too late because ultimately by saying that it's too late, you're basically handing over control for your destiny in the future. And, and I understand it can sometimes be confronting, right? The vast, the biggest self-limiting belief that most people have when we start unpacking it is that they don't necessarily trust themselves and they would prefer to blame everyone else, time, external factors, markets, economy, all of these things in order to devoid responsibility for them failing themselves. Well, I flip that on its head. If you can't even just try to trust yourself to go through the process and, and take all accountability, then who can you trust, right? So my philosophy on this is there is always time. And it's about understanding the levers. There are fundamentally three levers that we can pull in pursuit of creating financial freedom. 
There is the contribution that you can make, right? Because as I mentioned before, it's not the earned income that will make you rich. It's what you do with it. So how much can you, are you contributing towards creating financial freedom? Two is risk. How much risk are you prepared to take to get there? Because risk and returns are relative, right? We can keep all of our money in the bank, but with inflation, it's going to get eroded every single year. So we're guaranteeing we're going backwards. Or we can go invest in the next crypto cat coin or whatever, and it could do a bajillion percent or it could go to zero, right? There's a spectrum of risk and you've got to decide your risk profile or more importantly, the risk required to get you where you want to go. And thirdly is time. How long are you prepared to wait? And for most people, they think that risk is going to get them where they want to go and time will get them where they want to go. But frankly, it's the, the contribution and that contribution is time and money. It was interesting, even in the podcast when you were on my show, when you're getting into these developments, it, you don't always have to have the cash. You've just got to be able to have the knowledge and the frameworks and then use your sweat equity in order to get a, a, a piece of that deal. And this is a way for you to manufacture and accelerate your path to financial freedom. It's just about understanding the, the, the pathways to get there. Yeah, it's so powerful. So what's lighting you up right now in business and life? My sanctuary is amazing. I love it. As I mentioned, we've rescued over 100 animals so far and uh, feeds the soul every day. I'm so fortunate that we, we live in a World Heritage rainforest. We're surrounded by thousands of acres of, of rainforest. And I manifested this property. I dreamed for this property. I wrote, every year I write an annual wealth letter and to a T I describe the property that we've created. So I'm, I'm, I'm lit up every day. The other big thing I'm really passionate about is wealth education. There is not a lot of curated quality wealth education for entrepreneurial people. There are a lot of individuals out there that sell this idea that you have to shrink yourself wealthy and that wealth takes 40 years to manufacture. And I call bullshit to all of those things. And as you can see through my appearance and my philosophy and my view on the world, I have a very different approach and that's all very conscious and intentional because that's how I view the world. And I want to attract more of these people like me who want to find a better way, a more a way that they can enjoy the journey, that they can have their cake and eat it too, and that they can manufacture financial freedom faster without selling their soul in the process and compromising their lifestyle. And that's what really lights me up. Yeah, that's amazing. I love your authenticity. I love your clarity around who your who your clients are, who your target market is, and yeah, your purpose behind the difference that you're making in life, both for humans, but also for the animal world as well. I've got a daughter that would love to be doing what you're doing. She's a huge animal lover too. And yeah, it's amazing to see how you've manifested that and created that and, and focused and made the decisions. Done the hard work, no doubt. I'm sure it's taking a lot of effort to get to where you are now, but that clarity as you practicing what you preach, are you able to realize the lifestyle of your dreams as well, which is so, so amazing. I appreciate um, that. So can you give one tip to the listeners that they can take away today that can help them in some way, whether that's in their property or their wealth or their life? Yes. It's about understanding that there are basically three factors that contribute towards anything you want. One is the quality of your mindset, right? The quality of your ideas, right? Like as a result of this conversation, there are probably new ideas that you have that otherwise wouldn't have been there if you wouldn't have made this time, right? And we are limited by the quality of those ideas. And then the second part is the quality of your actions. A good idea in theory remains exactly that, just a good idea until you put it into practice. Don't fear the failure. It's either that you win or you learn. So it's about taking that fierce and regular repeated action because the more times you act, the lower the risk is because we are diversifying that risk from every action that we take. And the third part is recognize that outcomes aren't always directly correlated to the quality of your mindset and your actions, right? Sure, there are our litmus test, our measure of, of the results, and, but 
let's focus more on the mindset and the actions and allow the outcomes to inform how you improve your mindset and your actions over time. I think we get so caught up in the results and how quickly or otherwise they, they do or don't come. And it distracts us from just going through the motions and trusting in the process. And I think, as you rightly said, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we could do in 10 or 20 years. It's about continuing to stay in the race because you only lose when you quit. Mm. Yeah, so true. And it's the same when people are looking for deals, right? You give up your your ideal deal could have been just that next one that you looked at. So you have provided so much value and gold in this podcast. And I you've only just scratched the surface of the amount of value that you can provide to people. And it's so, so powerful. So what's the best way for listeners to be able to get in touch with you or connect with you and and have you help them along their wealth journey? Love to help. So I've created a whole set of tools that are really going to help you implement these. You get access to my international best-selling books, the tools and resources. And I've also developed a 40-point financial performance scorecard, which is basically the top 40 things that business owners need to get them to financial freedom. Now, the scary thing is the average score is about 18 out of 40. So most people are below average. So if you go to wealthhealthcheck.com.au, that's wealthhealthcheck.com.au. You can get all of those resources, complete the scorecard, and there's also all of my details there. So if you want to get in touch with myself and the team to see how we can help, love to have a chat and uh, see if there's any way that we can help you get to financial freedom faster. Thank you so much for listening. This is Building Lifestyles, a show designed to help everyday Australians create a lifestyle that inspires them using property development strategies. This podcast was produced by the Rising Star Developer. We've been helping Australians realise their financial and lifestyle goals since 2020. We play a pivotal role in educating, supporting and celebrating the goals and successes of our students and our community. To find out how we can help you realise your property, wealth and lifestyle goals, head to our website www.risingstardeveloper.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of Building Lifestyles, be sure to subscribe to and follow the show in your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review as it really helps others find the show. I'm Amanda McEwen, and we'll be back next episode with more tips on how you can build your lifestyle.